You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 65 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you Gina? I'm great, Val. You're such a trooper. I know you've got a bit of a cold at the moment and uh, you are yes. so professional. You are so <laughs> professional. I'm very proud well, of the, you. Well, the show must go on, Gina. The show the must sh- go on and good on you for um, rallying today <laughs> so we could record a show and, uh, yeah, like I hope you're feeling better than you sound. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I'm I'm hoping to feel better soon, but I have very little news to report this week because I have been basically in bed for most of it <laughs> trying yeah. to recover. So I'm going to rely on you, Gina. Yeah, We've got yeah. a lot to talk about this week, though, yeah. and our theme for this week is what are photography cliches and why should you avoid them to make sure your photos stand out? But before yeah. we get onto that, we have some shout-outs, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, having a look through the awesome photography that's coming in in the Facebook group. Yes. Um, geez, there's some talented, talented very photographers talented. and very inspiring I had Mm. to share this image from uh, photographer Michael Goh, who uh, sends in his uh, beautiful Milky Way shots that he does. And that's not Milky Way the chocolate, (laughs) right? It's Milky Way, the actual Milky Way. And I think he's out in Western Australia, yes, uh, in a salt lake. And they're just – I was – speechless when I saw mm. this image. So that's useless for a podcast, Valerie, I know. <laughs> but they're so beautiful and I know how much work uh, Michael puts into creating these images. He's been published uh, in many magazines, landed the cover. He's multi-award winning and, mm. um, you know, I'm so uh, rapt to have him in the group and he's so generous with his information. So I just want to say thank you, uh, Michael, and I love seeing your work and I love when you post. Yeah, it's awesome. And Michael does a lot of nighttime photography, basically of astronomy, I suppose, Um, a a lot of the the stars in the Milky Way. And we'll put the image in the show notes that uh, Michael has shared. But basically it's of – it's it's – in a salt lake in Western Australia, and in the image there's a tiny figure of a person, um, and the image is called Solitude. And uh, even though there's a tiny figure of the person on the salt lake, there's this incredible for the top two thirds of the image, the the night sky with with the Milky Way and this amazing array of constellations and and the moon and and the, the 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 light that comes from the stars and the surrounding lights it's it's absolutely gobsmacking yes beautiful beautiful work 
And Dan Barker sent in an awesome, uh, he shared an awesome blog post that he wrote about becoming a wedding photographer. And uh, there was a couple of uh, quotes in there that just really stood out for me. He wrote, when you find something that lights a fire inside of you, it's all you can think about. Any free time I had, including tea breaks, lunch times, whenever would be spent researching and learning as much as possible. One thing I've learned lately is that your tea goes cold more regularly when you're doing a job you love because you're so engrossed in what you're doing, loving every minute of it so much that you don't even want to sit down and take a break. And that's the way I believe work should and can be for everyone. I loved that, Val. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I love it too. Just um, it's my sentiments about work exactly. Fantastic. Yes, yeah, really, passion, really. Yeah. Fantastic. Great job, Dan. Thanks yeah. for sharing that with us. And I'll put a link to the uh, the entire post in the show notes, Val. Yeah, If fantastic. anyone else wants to have a look at it. Thanks, Dan. Um, and we also have uh, a shout out to Cajun Twist. From the cool USA, name. yes, very cool name, <laughs> who left us a review on iTunes and Cajun Twist said, awesome podcast. I recently found this and have been binge listening to it. Gina and Val make a great team. The shows are always full of great information and funny as well. If you listen to just one photography podcast, make it this one. Love it. Thank That's you so awesome. much, Cajun Twist. <laughs> Thank you. Mm. Um, and if you do have 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, We'd really appreciate it because it really helps us in the rankings. So now we're going to move on to this week's topic, which is what are photography cliches and why should you avoid them in order to make your photos stand out? Yep. So my first question to you, Gina, is, well, what is a photography cliche? How do you define what a photography cliche actually is? So it's it's basically a style of photography that's been uh, overused, and unoriginal, mm-hmm. pretty much. That describes it. I've got a quote though, Val. Before we start, oh, Can what I a surprise! <laughs> yes. Uh, last but not least, avoid cliches like the plague. Oh, okay. Boom, mm-hmm. boom. <laughs> yes. So. Um, That's just like saying, I've told you a thousand and one times not to exaggerate, isn't it? <laughs> Got a million of them, Val. <laughs> um, cliches are everywhere. We can't help it. It's like, you know, um, it makes you wonder, is if, is there anything original left? And, and what's the point if everything uh, we photograph is going to be considered cliche? But, you know, we... It's just a matter of being aware of them and uh, being aware of what some of the worst offenders are. And then okay. I'm going to um, – I want to talk about, like, ways that you can maybe avoid cliché because if you think about it, you shoot that amazing sunset, Val, mm-hmm. and then you post it uh, and hashtag it amazing sunset. Mm-hmm. If you go onto your computer now and key in the hashtag amazing sunset mm-hmm. – 40 billion photos are going to come up. Do you think your photo is going to stand out? (laughs) Okay. You know, because everyone's doing it. But there are things like you can still Google that term. And if you um, are doing all the right things as a photographer, your photo can still stand out, even if it is that cliche. Because there's things that like we love to do Mm -hmm. that uh, you're going to – 
want to photograph uh, anyway. You just can't avoid it because it's just it's just human nature to want to do things things. So cliches are everywhere in culture. Like you have a look uh, in the movies, you see uh, like the the cliche. Do you, like actually, let me pick your brain on your specialty, Val. Okay. What are your biggest cliches in writing and literature? What are they? Are there a couple that stand out? Do you mean like actual terms and phrases, like or terms, phrases, or like? Uh, well, you know, or, yeah. yeah. I mean, in terms of of actual sentences, their yep. cliche is considered something like, um, "Oh, well, we left no stone unturned," or uh, "We we 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 had to grind to a halt," yep. um, things like that. Yeah. They're they're everywhere, and then and also like the, the even book covers are cliche. Like you know, your all romance novel book covers look mm-hmm. the same. Yes, you know, or there's like the the popular one is a woman on the end of a pier. There's all these little um, techniques that that uh, book writers use and, and similar images. In the movies as well, Val, like, you know, uh, something's about to happen. So yes. what do they do? The countdown timer on a bomb. Like, you know, <laughs> the close-up of that, you see that over all the time. Or in a, in a commercial for cars, there's only ever one car on the road. Like, yes. You know, all car commercials are the same. And then in, in other commercials, like for, for domestic appliances and cleaning uh, things, how come men are always uh, seen as completely incompetent when it comes to anything to do with a house, and the and the the wife or partner is always seen as the, you know the smug? Well, I know it all, of course. If you use that, then the dishes will be clean, you know. Mm-hmm. So they're all they're all cliches. And if you want to know the best place to find all the photography cliches, there's mm-hmm. one spot where they all like. It's the meeting spot for cliches. Yes. Instagram. Oh, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what are some examples? You are the worst offenders on Instagram. Yeah, go on. Well, basically, <laughs> coffee art, Val. Are you saying that all my photos of my coffees no. are cliched? No, Val. You know I like taking photos of, of my coffee. Of course you do. Nothing wrong with it. I love taking a coffee uh, shot myself. Uh I think that would be amongst one of the highest, the biggest cliches, but just edging that out, I would have to say the selfie. Yes. Yeah, that stands out. Then food. Uh, yes. Then the shot that I called the hot dog. So it's when someone's on holiday or sitting back on a beach or in the bath, it's a shot of them shot through their legs. Uh, you yes. know what I mean? So yes. the legs look like a couple of hot dogs. Yeah. And uh, – some other offenders, like that shot of the hipster couple that are standing next to each other. They're either holding hands or not, not, not touching at all. But their hands are like down this side, like cardboard cutouts. Yes, that, like that very famous um, oh. ancient, not yeah. ancient, very famous painting. I think it's a yes. Dutch painting yes. of the guy with the pitchfork and yeah. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Anything hipster is now cliche. <laughs> okay. So come full circle, like the snake eating itself. What's that symbol where they just like, you know, um, being done to death. It's all been copied. Now it's mainstream. It's mm-hmm. no longer It's no longer unique and hipster. So 
we're all not that unique and there is like our brains are hardwired Val to think in a certain way so when you're learning something new you're naturally going to gravitate towards um, particularly photography or art certain subjects uh, or certain things that you that are there in front of you all the time that you're naturally going to want to, you know, draw, paint or photograph. So mm-hmm. like all artists went to, uh, you know, one of the first thing an artist will, photog- will paint or draw is a bowl of fruit in mm-hmm. front of them, right? You know, natural. When I was in um, doing uh, art school, Val, and one of my minors was I was doing photography then and uh, we got sent out to go and for the first you know, week in, in, in the course, go and photograph some stuff and bring it back. And mm-hmm. so I went off, went, took myself to the local market, Val, mm-hmm. on a Sunday. I noticed, uh, hey, there's uh, all these homeless people here. Uh, I'm going to photograph them. Okay. I thought I was the first person to ever do that. <laughs> And I had all these photos and I was so happy with them and they were a bit gritty and I was really proud. I was really proud. And I'm like, I reckon I'm going to get an A. I'm going to get an A. How good am I? Had that swagger, strutted back to class, showed the proof sheets because it was filmed then mm-hmm. to my uh, lecturer. And he looked down on them and he just said, these are crap. Oh, it's a bit mean. What's well, a bit mean. I mean, it was harsh. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I didn't understand. I'm like, no. You know when the contestants on uh, Australian and American Idol that like they get up and they sing and they're they're not re- very good mm-hmm. and the judges say you're actually not very good <laughs> and 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 they're sitting there going no I am I'm really good you're wrong that was me I was like one of those reality show contestants I'm like I don't think so these are actually really good like. Who's ever shot anything like this? He's, and he said, this is the most cliched mm. subject matter ever. Mm-hmm. And that's when I understood that it's like, oh, right, everybody photographs that. So there are some main offenders, Val. Okay. Um, so we talked about that. There's this, the, like you see all the time now, a lot of people, because they've got their phones with them all the time, looking in the mirror, the light's just great. Let's take a selfie. Let's do a mirror selfie. Mm. Let's do an overhead selfie or the pouty selfie. But even with the selfie, uh, Val, there are creative ways to do the selfie. And in the show notes, I've added a link. Mm. uh, And it's from uh, Ultralink's 40 creative uh, self-photography ideas. And these photographers Mm. have really thought outside the box when it comes to the the selfie. And and they're very creative and beautiful images. Like, I don't know how one guy did it, but he's got a selfie of himself in the water. So he's just like the water's like coming up to his mouth and you see the top of his head but there's the beautiful sunset behind there's another guy that's actually done like an arty arty beautiful selfie with a thousand shoes around him and he's in the middle and he's got the leading lines and everything it's not the cliche and it makes you look twice Mm. which is the sign of a good shot a skateboarder who used a remote timer and flash to create a selfie of him like um up in the air airborne on his skateboard. Yeah. You think of that? You like you want to look twice. That if you googled selfies mm-hmm. and these three first shots came up, you they'd stand out, wouldn't they? Yeah, for sure. They're, They're amazing. The girl lying down in front of the Eiffel Tower, like you know, it's taking fantastic. a worm's eye view. Isn't that the best shot? Fantastic. A guy parachuting. 
from mm. from another worm's eye view. Like mm. they're just really cool. So there are there are I like encourage you all to have a look at these uh, yes. shots because they're they're, they're a, you know proof that uh, just because the subject is cliche mm. doesn't mean that you have to approach it in a cliche uh, manner. Mm, mm. So. Some other areas, Val, that, that are cliche, of course, photographing sunsets. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so you, you, it's one of the first things we all photograph. And I'm not for saying stop photographing sunsets. I would photograph sunsets and sunrises uh, every day. I don't care that they're cliche. But, like, think about how you're photographing and how, like, you can use all the things that we've photo- uh, we've talked about um, over the the last uh, few episodes about composition and using leading lines and what you can have in the image and and the use of silhouettes and all sorts of uh, techniques because Val, if it's a, a well thought out and mm. created image, it doesn't matter that it's cliche. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because it'll still stand out because we like you. When I post a sunset, I get more feedback on that than any other shot I post because it makes people feel. Yes. You can't help it. So if you can post that sort of sunset and it's got feeling, then it's it's going to um, be a good thing. So so think about those. Mm-hmm. All right, some more um, some more offenders. Yeah. The use of selective colour in an image. So that's where you've got an image and uh, you might uh, make the whole thing black and white and say you've got a person holding an umbrella, which is, that's a cliche. Yes, that is such a cliche, <laughs> isn't it? Um, and then you make it the whole thing black and white and just make the umbrella red, right? Yes. Selective colour, that's mm-hmm. a cliche. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Look, I've seen it done well. Again, it's just trying to be creative in in what you do, and maybe it's a good idea that when if you think up an idea, like I wish when I was doing that first year photography assignment, that maybe I if I had Google, I could have gone, all right, I'll just Google photos of homeless people. Mm. No one else would have thought of it. I won't find any. But then when I Googled it, I would have found 40 billion shots and yes. thought, well, maybe I need to be a bit more creative with this. So, so that I mean, that's a thought. Maybe, you know, if you're thinking of doing selective colour, have a look at what's out there and think about ways that you can make it different, unique to you. Mm. It's, yeah, great. Um, <coughs> one that... Um, I actually don't understand this style of photography, Val, I have to say, uh, Mm -hmm. to be quite honest, is the use of the funky angles. What do you mean you don't understand? I don't get it. It it actually... um, Well, first define what you mean by funky angles. So say I was to shoot... Let's go back to the... I was doing my cliche sunset. Yeah. And... If I was shooting a sunset when I shoot, because I think I'm not that type of person, I would I make sure that my uh, verticals and horizontals are all lined up. Yeah. And if it's not, if they're not, and when I have a look back at the, the camera it, on screen, it bothers me. I have to straighten them in post-production, <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. Even if they're just a little bit out, it bothers me. So there's this... This genre of photography, I think it's called the Dutch angle, where people will deliberately throw the photo um, off onto a funky angle just to make it look cooler. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I don't know. It 
that it you know how when I say some photos are jarring yes <laughs> this jars me I want it's like you know when you go to someone's house and their photos on their wall are crooked right I need to straighten it up so <laughs> like it just might be my personality that I just, just can't OCD. cope with that do you think I'm OCD well, I maybe. come across as OCD uh, I know well, I'm a hoarder I found uh, that out um this week about I okay. broke up I broke up with my email company this week. Oh. I'm, I'm breaking up with them. I'm in the process. It's like a divorce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a whole lot of stuff that goes ha- because I never, li- I never liked them anyway. You said that to me, but yeah. you told me too late, Val. Why didn't you tell me when we first got together? Because you know, like, you gotta like, you gotta find these things out for yourself. Oh, it's not fair. Like a friend <laughs> tells, a friend tells. No, so, you, you, at the so, end, I'm hating the friend. <laughs> so well, <like>, no. Nah. <laughs> Yeah, you so got to come to the conclusion yourself. Now we're in the process of the breakup. Yeah. I've realised that there are 20,000 emails that I've hoarded <laughs> over the years that I now have to go through. I've been going through them and getting rid of, and I still can't. I'm going, I might need that one day. Oh <laughs> I might need that email. So it's very difficult. It's a long process. So um, when you just pick an email um, provider, pick carefully. Check them out. If they don't like their mum, <laughs> that's generally a good sign not to not to hook up with them. Okay. Um. So I don't know how we got onto that, but anyway. <laughs> I just needed to get that off my chest. Though. Yeah, <laughs> you're a hoarder. You were saying I was OCD. I think I'm a hoarder. I actually do think I, I have a bit of hoarding tendencies. Yeah, do you you do. Uh not as much as I used to, no. Yeah, you've got so much gear that you've how many tripods? Again? Oh yeah, somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> you're um fake lens flare Val is the next one. So when um you've got a shot, it's beautiful, you go into Photoshop and just throw in a bit of like fake lens flare to make it look like, oh, it's retro and seventies. Mm, mm. So the thinking behind that is like when that happens for real, it looks great. Mm. But if you have to do that to an image to make it interesting, maybe you need to rethink the actual image in the first place because I think a, a great image should stand alone without having 20 filters put on it. And I, look, I've been guilty, but I've been guilty of every single one of these um, cliches that we're talking about. Have you ever all of inserted them, all of fake them. Yes, of course I have. When I first found it on Photoshop, I'm like, oh, my God, that looks great. I put <laughs> lens flare all over my head. I had a little lens flare um, period for a while. You know how I go through my black and yes. white colour yes. silhouettes last year. What else was I doing? Yes. I think you pointed out that all my photos were very dark for a yes. while there. I'm coming out of that phase now, That's Val. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I think it has to do with the... Uh, it's, it's, breaking up with my email. Oh, my provider. God. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, uh, so I've done them all. I put fake lens flare. I don't really do it. it yeah, I, I don't like it anymore, so I'm over it. Um, the other one, uh, homeless people, Val, which uh, we yes. talked about, you know, mm. that's uh, probably one of the first pe- thing people photograph. And I think it's because it's an interesting, it's a gritty subject, Um but, uh, again, it's very cliched. A lot of people do it. But we've seen it done. Uh, there's Lee Jeffries is a photographer whose work I absolutely adore. And he actually befriends 
these people and uh, and then he photographs them and in, in a way that's just mesmerising value. You can't take your eyes off these photos. And See, like if you Google, you know, homeless people and his photos come up, you just want to look at all of them. So you don't think his stuff is cliched then? It's It's – Look, it's a cliche, cliched subject, but there's nothing cliched about the way he's done it. So he's taken a subject and there's like, there's a, a finite amount of subjects that we can photograph. Mm-hmm. It's the approach and it's a combination of everything that you do when you photograph them. Like, it's, So if you put lens flare in them and then a funky angle, mm-hmm. I probably think twice about looking at them. But it's the way he, he uses his post-processing, the way he actually connects with his subject like mm-hmm. he's there they're looking straight into the lens a lot of maybe newbie photographers and I certainly know when I was photographing homeless people way back when there's no way I'd be right in front of them and getting them to look in the lens I was too scared Val I'd be mm. like 500 meters away going <laughs> okay he's not looking now I'm gonna take the shot <laughs> you know and that, that so that sort of thing so um and finally, just on the uh, the general main offenders, Val, mm. HDR photography. And it's uh, <laughs> thankfully going out of vogue now. But I certainly, I had a little phase where yeah. I discovered it. Your partner showed me on the yeah. iPhone. Oh, yeah. so he he's went on obsessed that with app. HDR. He's, he's still obsessed with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there was this uh, whole movement where uh, – people would be using uh, Photoshop and they'd uh, take like uh, five different exposures mm. and merge them together and it was just awful because <laughs> <laughs> I was just so over, overdone. But like I remember the first time I saw those shots because it was the shock of the new, you kind of thought, oh, wow, that's that's really cool. But then mm. you start to really see it for what it is mm. and you go, oh, no, it's not, it's not that great. <laughs> it's actually hideous. But um, Lightroom has now a, a version of HDR in built into the software, which is actually fantastic. And I've been playing mm. around with it. Um, and uh, one of the uh, jobs that I just did, I uh, deliberately shot the background uh, in three different exposures oh. of my portrait subject so that uh, when I actually uh, work on the shot, I will have like a HDR style background. So I'll have all the detail and then be able to retouch in the areas that I want to get more light in, less light. It just makes it so much more versatile. And that's Great. Lightroom, which is fantastic. Um, all right, shall we move on to some fashion photography cliches? Oh, yes. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I've done all of these. <laughs> <laughs> so the romantic shot of the girl with flowers in her hair yes. in a forest. Of course. Um, and uh, why not add some smoke or mist <laughs> just to make it a bit, you know, yes. even more cliche. These are everywhere. You see them on covers, every fashion shoot, uh, every few years. You would have seen a few at, from your days at Cleo Val. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you got any favourites? <laughs> Another one that you've mentioned here in the notes is uh, the retro motel or gas station yeah. or diner, and um, that's a definitely one. I think you and I have both shot some of those together. All of them, and uh, I remember the gas station <laughs> shot we did uh, with all those beautiful boy models, which was yeah. fun. You can't help it. It's like they're, <laughs> they're such attractive images that you just want to do it. Um, 
All right, the uh, mole. But, uh, but let me just take. Let me just stop you there because I'm just not really understanding why this is a sin. Like I thought that they were great images. They are great images, but there's a point where they're like everywhere. So I'm just um, saying, uh, you know, want to talk about it just to be mindful because there's a lot of photographers out there, Val, that are wanting to get their work in front of art directors, mm. uh, magazine editors, and they want their work to stand out. Yeah. So you have to remember that if it's a trend, um, these art directors and magazine editors have seen a billion. And so if that's your yeah. if that's your winner that you're going to put in front of people and they've seen it before, they're not going to look again at your photos. Right. I so see. it's fine to do it and have them in the folio, but maybe not as the like the main heroes or this is what you're going to use to attract um, clients, I yes. think. And I think when we shot these kind of shots, that was Wasn't a while ago and so like cliche. They they weren't cliched then. No, I made them up, but that was like my idea to start with Val. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I thought of all of these, including the um you know, the chick uh holding the balloons over yeah. over the city. Yeah. You know, it'll be like Paris or Melbourne. I did it on the top at the very top of the Eureka Tower. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking how original I was. <laughs> not not original. Um mm. the other one, Val, the mm-hmm. Stepford Wives shot. Oh yeah. See that all the time in fashion magazines and mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, yeah, let's let's do that. Let's dress everyone up as nineteen fifties housewives. That that'll be really original, but it's been done a bazillion times. But very cool concept. Mm-hmm. Um or the other one that I see all the time is uh the girl in very sexy heels and mm. she's wearing the heels uh in uh something that's probably contrasting that you wouldn't normally see a girl in heels like riding a horse right <laughs> fixing a car yeah it's more for those lads magazines that, that like, <laughs> and again i could go into that cliche but i won't yeah <laughs> all of those the whole magazine they don't exist anymore do they val yeah i think they they're slowly they're... dying off oh, that's a shame <laughs> <laughs> um even in food photography, Val, there's cliches. So um, mm. we've got um, quite a few. Uh, I, I noticed uh, over the last couple of years uh, one shot that kept cropping up and, like, everyone was doing it was uh, the instead of having the beautiful food shot, you'd have the dirty dish shot. That 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 was that grated on me just as much as the uh, fun. Why? Because uh, it's like, but why would you? Why would you photograph dirty dishes? <laughs> They're dirty. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Do you think all my uh, Sicilian background and all of that, like my mum's managed to uh, program me? It's actually working. Yeah. I'm I'm becoming her because I don't oh. like dirty dishes in a photo. Oh dirty. Goodness. So that th- that was a whole trend, and then the use of um. You see uh, the blurry vignette around the edges mm. of food shots, very, very popular. Uh, the next one is one of my favourites, and I'm definitely guilty of this shot, mm-hmm. Is uh, and you see it on every single uh, cookbook cover, like where a chef is uh, doing a cookbook. Do you know the shot? What? Where the chefs are 
looking like he's about to have a portrait taken, but instead of looking at the camera, he's just candidly laughing oh, at, yes. at nothing. I know the shot. <laughs> That's the shot. Every single cookbook now is doing that. <laughs> and um, I think I've talked about how I like to binge watch food shows. Yeah, Did right. I tell you about that? <laughs> I love it. I've been watching Man vs. Food is one of my favourites. Oh, yes. I don't know why it's so bad, but I love it. But I've been watching Nigella and I mm. love the um, cinematography is very beautiful on yes. Nigella and they film through things all the time. So you've always got like something out of focus in the foreground and mm. then it goes into her and it's sharp on her and then it'll be like the background out of focus. So very shallow depth of field and they've got that sort of wobbly cam going on. Again, mm. that's a bit cliche now. Um, but what she does, I think uh, her PR people might have suggested that a lot, a lot more sort of banter off camera. So there's a lot of that that goes on in her show now. So a lot of laughing off camera and a lot of um, uh, bloopers because I reckon mm. they're made up, a lot of them, in some mm-hmm. shows. Um, so you see that you see that a lot. So that chef laughing off camera, very popular. And the other one in the kitchen, which I've definitely done, is the chef action shot. Oh yes, flames, you know, mm. yeah, cliche. And then the the one that's uh, been really popular over the last little while is the overhead shot of food. So directly overhead. So I'm still. It's like a flat lay. Yes, yes, I know what you mean. Um. And you see them, as you say, on Instagram a lot, where especially yep. where there's um, lots of different herbs and spices in different bowls yep. and that sort of thing. So you've taken some of these shots, and so I'm not, I'm still not totally. Maybe it's because I'm sick, Gina, <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> and there's some coughing just for effect. Yeah, it's just like for sympathy. Uh, uh, so, am I getting this right? You're saying it's okay to take these kinds of shots. But so you can photograph whatever you like, Val. We all do it that, like it's it's uh, a natural and normal way to learn these mm-hmm. skills that you're going to find uh, cliche t- uh, uh, things to to look at because mm-hmm. we're all hardwired to do that. That's like mm-hmm. how we learn to walk, how we learn to talk, how we learn to eat. We all do it the same way. We all react have the same emotional reaction to certain things like breaking up with your email provider. Mm-hmm. There's a series of uh, reactions you'll go through, right? Mm-hmm. So there is nothing wrong with the cliches, Val. Okay. But to know them, information is power. And when mm. you're aware of how often they're out there, mm. if you want your work to stand out, Val, mm-hmm. it's just a matter of knowing that, you know, this sort of style has been done with this and, and otherwise you're just going to be like part of the crowd. So you need to find ways, which okay. I'll talk about at the end of the podcast, to maybe take these cliches and make them your own and make okay. put your own stamp all over them. Okay, got it. All right, all right. yep, all right, let's, let's keep going then. <laughs> so um, the portrait photography cliches, again, have done all of them, but I see this a lot in uh, 
wedding and portrait photography. Uh, and I think um, a cliche will become a cliche a lot faster these days because of the internet. It's, oh, just, yeah. it's seen, it's copied, it's done, mm. and then, you know, everybody's doing it. So uh, using props like signs or scrabble pieces, you know, mm. when people are announcing they're engaged or just got hitched or – I'm, you know, where you've got the couple and they're kissing and they're both holding signs and one mm -hmm. of them, it'll say just married or Mr. Brown and Mrs. Brown, you know, all of those. Mm -hmm. Cliché. Everyone's yeah. doing, mm -hmm. you know. Um, what would you say is the biggest cliché in a pregnancy shot now? Um, the one where the woman's looking down and holding her belly and what was the most famous example of that that you I, could remember? I think that was Demi Moore and Vanity Fair, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And how groundbreaking was that when it first happened? Mm. Like when that that cover, I can almost remember where I was standing and how I felt when I first saw it. Mm. It stood out. It was the first time I've seen it. Yes. And then and now suddenly, what a shame. Because and I've actually seen a print of that shot at when I saw Annie's uh, exhibition, and mm. uh, you know it's it, it's like it was incredible. But now everyone's copied it, yes, and uh, and uh, it's lost it's lost its uh, it factor, yes, basically. the impact, yes, it's completely so, and it's mm. a real shame. Um, this one I've I talked about before, but that no smile hipster shot with <laughs> the standing next to each other. Uh, kind of bothers me a little bit, but uh, done done a lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, a shot you see a lot. Uh, I think it was because uh, it was uh, used a lot in Instagram. Like the first time I saw it, I thought cool idea, but the feet only. Like, oh yeah, couple. of this. It's really cute, but I've seen it. Um, Don't know why people a photographer do that. in our uh, Facebook group and. Uh, I, I'm going to, I'm sorry, apologies. Uh, you know who you are. You photograph uh, Highland dancers and they're beautiful shots. And that's another, that's a great example of taking something that um, people are doing and putting his own slant on it, making it his, his own. And it's, it's like about his own story and those shots are amazing. So that mm -hmm. just came to mind now. So fantastic. I think it's Rick that does them. Um but anyway, amazing. So you see a lot of those shots of, uh, of, of feet and things like that. Another um, cliche is, uh, the, you see this everywhere, Val, the mm -hmm. backlit dress in the window of the bride, like the, the, hang, the dress hanging. In the oh, yes, yes, yes. It's yes. like the number one shot that you have to get. So everybody's yeah. doing that. There must be another way or a more interesting way to show a dress in yeah. a wedding. I've done that shot many times. <laughs> um, the couple holding a frame and they're oh. out on location somewhere and they're kissing in the frame. So oh, right. Yeah. They're framed in a frame, you yeah. know, that sort of thing. Cute yeah. the first time I saw it. and But, like, again, now it's uh, kind of it's, it's out there. It's seen a lot. It's been done. It's cliche. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my uh, all-time favourites, the bride and groom and the whole bridal party jumping. Oh, yes. I don't mm -hmm. understand that shot, but <laughs> it's done a lot. And uh, another one, Val, that's seen a lot, and this can be quite beautiful, but like putting the ring in flowers or things like that, you know, mm -hmm. you'll see it on. Um, but again, it's, uh, it's become a cliché. Mm -hmm. Vintage anything, Val. <laughs> no. So the... Um, 
uh, carrying vintage suitcases on yeah. bikes mm-hmm. up at the pathway. You know, there's a whole uh, genre of that. And then there was that whole country wedding look. Yes. That is now so cliche, served out of uh, everybody drank out of mason jars. Yes. And they mm-hmm. put he- so they're they're two hundred thousand dollar weddings, mm-hmm. but but they're made to look like it was cost uh, you know ten dollars. That was yeah. the aim of it. It's like no, we don't really care at all. We've just been planning this for five years <laughs> to make it look good. So uh, you know that whole country ready wedding look. You know, with the first time I saw it, wow, fantastic! And mm. uh, now it's just sort of everywhere. So some some cliches there to be aware of. And finally, in the um the portrait photography cliche category, <laughs> the baby on the road. With the sunset behind them. Have you seen those shots? Baby on the They're everywhere. So it's a portrait of a baby. So like before this sort of type of shot, there was the baby sleeping on the pumpkin. Oh, yes. Very popular, done to death. And so uh, the baby photographers decided to get a bit more inventive. And so now they're doing um, shots of them in in country roads and uh but there's there's a distinct uh look that i've seen with which is uh the 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 like the sunset happening behind and they're just like they're everywhere it's like a a classic shot that everyone seems to be doing so i've just been noticing a lot of those shots Mm -hmm. um so editorial photography cliches next val we've done a lot of these uh together probably but you see a lot of the like i said with the um the chef shot a lot of those laughing off camera shots and and when you you the first one you see you go oh my wow that's so candid and amazing but when they're they're staged yeah like that and you start to see them everywhere they they kind of lose their impact mm-hmm. you know so I'm just starting to see them so much that I, I don't want to do them anymore because it's like well it's that old shot it's become that old shot okay so let's what take I mean. that as an example then yeah the chef laughing off camera yeah. what would you do instead well, I'd probably try and do a really uh, – I'd, I'd move away from that candid shot and just try and do a really beautiful and honest and, uh, you know, uh, compelling portrait of that chef straight down the barrel for a change mm-hmm. because there's been years and years and years that mm-hmm. we haven't seen um, any of those sorts of portraits or I try and create a shot with a bit of a twist, which is what I like to do. So he might be looking straight at camera mm-hmm. and there might be something in the frame that gives him away, you know, that, that, that there's just a little bit of a twist. So he might be holding something that's got nothing to do with food or, or do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that it's not, it's not a straight up portrait. Yes. It might be something that, that breaks it breaks it up a bit so um, so then let's let's let me you know throw this back on you a little bit the country weddings shots I mean let's say it is a country wedding yeah <laughs> there's nothing you can do right <laughs> so you would just there's nothing t- you can do but you can think about how you might maybe light the shots or I'm saying like I just mentioned uh HDR now in in Lightroom very easy so you might be thinking okay I've got this country wedding instead of doing it in a soft romantic way I'm going to try and bring in like these panoramic landscapes and uh you know really make all the bring in all the detail of the shots and the way you post process so that you've got these rolling storm clouds and Mm. you know 
bring in sort of, or, or the you might be at a, an extreme angle, like you might. Um, we've been looking at um, what are they called? The things that fly about the drones. Mm -hmm. You and I have both been obsessed by, with them <laughs> at the moment. So I'm seeing a new trend, and this is still really new, 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 new. People are shooting weddings from mm -hmm. drones. Mm -hmm. And so you're suddenly getting this beautiful aerial view and it's so different and so spectacular and you can get some amazing shots doing that. So, you know, what could you be doing that no one else is doing that you can actually, it, mm. it's different and it, and it, it's a part of you in that shot that's, that makes it stand out because it's very easy to just go at country wedding, out of focus shot of the jars, shot of the candles, dress hanging mm. from a tree, blowing in the wind. It's easy to do that, you know. Yeah. Like, Val, when you're writing a book, how easy, like a detective story, like a whodunit, mm -hmm. there is a formula, isn't there? Yeah, sort of. How do you break away from that formula? What do you do to break away? Like how can you not write another cliche whodunit? Yeah, you have to come up with an original idea or something different. Are there any original ideas still in writing? Mm, well, sometimes. We just need to surprise people. Exactly. So, so I'm going to ask you one more. The Demi Moore pregnancy style shot, yeah. what would you do different? Um, nothing. Uh, just make it really beautiful if someone asks for that shot or just think of a way to maybe instead of doing it as a full-on nude, do it as a silhouette or um, – like make it a bit artier, change it up. I probably, yeah, I don't think I'd do that shot if I was asked actually, to be quite honest. Why? Because I just don't think I could, it's too, it, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't bring myself to. What do you mean? Because I, like it's too cliche. Oh, because you, so you don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Yeah, no. but that's my point. Like, yeah, if you don't yeah. want to do it, but somebody's asking you for a pregnancy shot, what would you do? suggest to them instead? That's what I'm asking. Okay, so I would probably do it, I think I would do it as a silhouette or um, a high fashion sort of, um, you know, <laughs> something something nice and I'd have to think about it. It would definitely depend on um, the person and how far along they were and, yeah, maybe something on location rather than studio. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. not my oh. genre either, Val. Like I'd be thrown <laughs> out of do. I've been asked a couple of times, and I think I've palmed them off because I don't know what to do with shots. Yeah, <laughs> something funny maybe. I'd rather do them after the birth with the baby. I think that's a lot more fun. All right, all Please right. Anyway, that, holding the tummy. But back on back on track now. Yes. Mm -hmm. Where are we up um, to? No, I was just reminded of like all the magazine shoots I've ever done when people are announcing they're pregnant and we had to. It was the money shot. If I didn't come back with this photo, I would get in trouble. Mm -hmm. If I didn't get a shot of the talent with their hands on their tummy, <laughs> it was like you didn't get the shot. You have to get that shot because there's no tell. If someone's like on a cover and they're three months pregnant, like they just look like they're on the cover of the magazine. There has to be, that's the visual yeah. cue yeah. that they're pregnant, hands on tummy. So you yeah. had to get that shot. Mm -hmm. um, all right, Val, stock photography, all a cliche. <laughs> oh, goodness. Any yes. stock shot that's not a cliche. They're oh. getting better and better, but it's just 
very difficult very to find difficult. anything new and interesting or mm. that stands out because otherwise I guess it wouldn't be stock. So you see those shots of the team meetings, you know, there's like the group huddled mm. around, like there's like a million different kinds like that, all the vintage shots that you see, the cliche uh, business people meeting, the handshake shot. Like you see them everywhere. That's and uh, the road signs with uh, you know bumps ahead or curves or dangerous curves. You know all that sort of stuff that people use for their yes. their blog posts and websites and uh, so many cliches. Yeah, definitely. There's so, stock shots are full of cliches. There is such a, a market for someone who could come up with new and innovative uh, stock shots and fresh ideas if you wanted to. Mm. Um, so commercial photography, I have uh, seen a number of uh, cliches coming along now. And so uh, I think every single uh, graduate exhibition that I've seen, um, and I don't blame them for this uh, because I was inspired by him as well, but a lot, a lot, a lot of them out there, the Joel Grimes style montage. So Joel Grimes was uh, is an American photographer and his work is brilliant. He's also a brilliant educator and he... Uh, came up with this way of um, incorporating a um, HDR background with a montage with a model that he shoot, shot using three lights in a studio and he would uh, mm. combine them together. The first time I saw it was over eight years ago. Blew my mind, Val. I mm. loved the work so much and then I was obsessed by him and every photographer that ever looks at his work is it's the same thing but unfortunately there's a lot of that style of work out there and it's like this three-point style of lighting is used a lot in advertising you see it in like a lot of movie billboards and uh you know billboards for advertising and everything where you've got the uh, especially sport shots where you've got the two highlights that run down the side of someone's face mm. and then it's lit with a, a hard light and it's like a really grungy desaturated look mm -hmm. it's everywhere so if you're a photographer wanting to get your folio noticed and seen by people it's i don't think it's going to stand out if your whole website or folio has this sort of work in it mm. It's just going to be like everyone else's. So, you know, and you see it a lot when you see a lot of the students and then there's that one or two students that are suddenly just doing their own stuff that you gravitate towards that work because it's stuff you've never seen before. Yeah. Um, and then there's um, the beards. <laughs> over. Beards are over. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, I, I was over beards before they began. You know, but there's <laughs> like they're so mainstream now that it's like they've lost that shocker than you and that whole the tattooed arms and the beard. So, um, all right. So, uh, what can we do? At, oh, and so in post production, Val, like you mm. see it, the HDR, selective color, mm -hmm. oversaturating backgrounds, fake sun flare. And um, I'm noticing as well, there's a, there's a trend at the moment, frequency separation is a way to retouch skin tones. And it's just sort of come on board in the last few years and mm -hmm. everyone's got the hang of it. It's fairly complicated, um, but once you get the hang of it, it's good. But I'm noticing now people are overkilling on it. So you, so basically what it does is you can remove all the, um, any imperfections in the skin, mm. but you still leave the pores. Oh. So it's a particular way that does it. So 
I want. Have you been watching Billions yet? The show? No, but you've reminded me that, okay, that, that should, so I that should do that. Maybe you can binge watch that, but I want you to look at the um, artwork for it. Okay. And example of frequency separation because you'll see that they've got perfect skin. Mm. You can see the pores, but it's a little bit overdone. So I'm seeing that uh, the clarity slider definitely guilty of overkill with that because you just can't help it. Um, and oversaturation of images. So. All right. So how do we make our work stand out, Val? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all of that. So, and I'm not saying any of this to depress anyone or like go, well, maybe there's nothing, uh, you know, new or original that I can shoot, but there is and there are so many things and every day I see amazing photographs and, and there's like one key thing that really stands out to make a person's shot awesome okay it's got nothing to do with the subject matter okay it's how the shot makes you feel when you look at it so the people who can um take a photo and uh make make it make the viewer feel something Mm. it's going to be a memorable photo that's going to 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 stand out so like the, the way to do that is to photograph things that means something to you, the photographer. Because if you're photographing stuff that you love, that is personal to you, Mm. you're going to tell that story in a way that no one else can. Because that's the difference. That's your point of difference. Like the way way we all see the world, Val, and think, like you must give this advice to writers, don't you? When you say like, how how do you write an original story? Mm -hmm. Write about stuff that you know about, first person? It's going to be original. Who else has had that experience? Quite Mm -hmm. like that. So when you're photographing stuff, you know, stick to stuff that's, um, if you can try and make it more personal, it's going to stand out. If you can try and work out uh, a retouching style that means something to you, like to start out with, I encourage photographers, copy, copy, copy. To learn the stuff. So mm. copy the photographers that you love. Copy the styles of post-production that you love. Okay. And mm. then keep doing it. And eventually you're going to see, okay, there's elements of, you know, Joel Grimes that I love. I also love the way Annie Leibovitz lights. And I love the way Herb Ritz poses his model. And somehow, you know, over 20 years, I mesh all of that together. And I've come out with a, a style that's like my own, my own mm-hmm. way of seeing. And I put that in together with uh, the way that I think and feel and combine that with the post-production. And you start to get a style that like when people look at it they, they, they say well you know it kind of doesn't look like anyone else's style it's yours and you hopefully it stands out from the other photos Mm-mm-mm. absolutely okay that makes sense make sure that it's something that is original that is authentically yours that means something to you and that makes yeah. other people feel feel and that's an important one you know find and use your imagination if you um have like a think of stuff that like wouldn't it be great to do this 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 and this and it doesn't matter if it's cliche to start with um because like it's it's going to be something that you train up and then the more you're aware of what's around you the more you're going to push to it's like when you're doing that 365 project val mm. every day you're trying to find a new shot at first it's really hard but the more you look 
And the more you're shooting, suddenly you start to see there's all these other areas. It's, oh, hey, I didn't actually notice that road or branch or tree there. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice that. And you start to see more images. And so I think it's just like the more you shoot, um, the more stuff you're able to see and you'll get out of that uh, need to be sort of doing what everyone else is doing. Mm-mm-mm. Awesome. So I think that the key there, as you just said, Gina, is it doesn't matter if you started off with a cliche because, no. you know, it's that's totally or, or, or with what is perceived to be a cliche, uh, but work on it, you know, and you yes. develop from there. So don't beat yourself up about it if you, you, if you are doing some of these things. No, I'm not going to beat myself up about any of the cliches that I've shot over the years because it's like they didn't put bikes in there. They're probably cliches. Yeah, yeah. Huge cliche in photography. I should have mentioned it. Bikes, motorbikes. What else do I love photographing? (laughs) Birds. They're all cliche. But make them your own. Yeah. All right, fantastic. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. And I just want to point out to all listeners, um, please do check out Gina's website, ginamilitia.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-I-A. More importantly, check out the community section because uh, there's going to be a very special offer for only a small group of people and you need to register your interest on the community section of her website, there's basically gold membership which is going to start in a matter of weeks but we are offering founding gold membership to only 100 people, first 100 people who are in. Um, We haven't opened it yet, but if you register your interest, you will be the first to know. Uh, And you just make sure you do that on the community section of Gina's website. But Mm -hmm. until we – well, actually, we should tell people what's involved in the gold membership, Gina. Um, Mm. uh, It's it's a fantastic community and um, we've put a lot of work into – into, into the gold community yes. and this is where you have the opportunity to be personally mentored by Gina and, um, and I will pop in there from time to time as well <laughs> um, and uh, it's all uh, with your founding gold membership which you really don't want to miss out on, you get everything. This is the most amazing opportunity for founding gold members because that they will get it at a at an amazing price um, and then it'll go to the regular price for gold membership after the 100 people. Uh, but, yes, you get um, a monthly Q&A, group Q&A with Gina where you can ask all your burning questions. You get two to three. How to break up with your um, email. <laughs> Provider, you had to break up with the operator, or yeah. perhaps what yeah. lens to buy, or what right. lighting to use, or you know how to connect with your subjects, yeah. that sort of thing. Uh, you also get two to three new tutorials each month, and I've seen some of them, and they're fantastic. I've learned so much myself. Uh, you get in, uh, your own community where you can talk to each other, and and of course Gina as well online, but but it's a direct. Q and A once a month as well, and um, and you get um, bonus Lightroom presets that won't be available to 
in, in any other form to anyone else. Um, founding Goal members get uh, courses and uh, other amazing stuff as well. But just go check it out online, com, and make sure you register your interest there and we will make sure you are the first to know about it. So until we talk again, Gina, what are you up to this coming week? All right, so I'm uh, going to be doing some more tutorials for the Gold Membership, Val, and working on those. I've been uh, working on some amazing presets too that I'm very excited about, and then I'm also out there uh, shooting. I've got some um, corporate stuff to do, and I'm in the middle of um, pre-production on a, a big shoot that in, in the does involve drones that I'm excited about. Oh, Val. really? I totally want a drone now. I want okay. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and um, yeah, so that's all very exciting. And you, what a trooper. Thank you <laughs> for getting out of your sick bed to come and um, uh, do the podcast today. And so you're, I, I, no doubt, back to bed. I'm going to rest. back to bed. Maybe I'll yeah, watch Billions. Well done. Yes, you'll love it. You're going to love it. Okay. So I'll, t- I'll let um, you know did, next week. <laughs> did we say what the Gina challenge was? Oh, yes. So hashtag Gina challenge. For those of you who are, um, are new to the podcast, each week we have a new challenge where we have a specific topic and um, we upload uh, our photos based on that specific topic or theme into the Facebook group. Now, the Facebook group is free and you just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook and, and just join. And uh, it's a great place to chat to other photographers but that's where we do hashtag Gina challenge and this week I think it definitely has to be uh, hashtag cliche so we we, yes. we do two hashtags hashtag Gina challenge hashtag cliche just so we know which particular week where you're uploading um, and yeah that should be that should be a good one yeah oh, for sure does that mean I can upload one of my coffee shots? <laughs> no, what I want is someone who just, uh, and I bet you someone will do it, that just tries to get a photo with all the cliches in it. Wouldn't that ah, be amazing? Yes. That would be so cool. That would be good. That would be good. If you're up for the challenge. <laughs> yes. We'd love to see it. All right. Yeah. Well, until we chat again, where do we see you online? Uh, so uh, com is the website and um, I'm on Instagram at Gina Militia, G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A, Twitter at Gina Militia and in the Facebook group too, Val. Great. And I'm at Valerie Koo on Twitter and Instagram and I'm pretty easy to find on Facebook. So uh, look forward to connecting with you. And until next week, we will talk to you then. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.